Most of you are aware of the fact that there have been two Jewish temples in the past. But did you know the Bible prophesies there will be two more in the future? When will they be built and what will be their purpose? And what is the relevance of any of this to Christians living today? Stay tuned for an interview with a Bible teacher who specializes in teaching about the Jewish temple. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, Here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My special guest with me today is a wonderful Bible teacher by the name of Jeannie Nigro. She used to live here in the Dallas, Texas area, but she now resides in New York City. Welcome back to God's country. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, Jeannie, your ministry statement on your website reads as follows. The mission of Jeannie Nigro Ministries is to empower people to stand strong in these uncertain, turbulent times through a more intimate relationship with God. And your latest book called Unshaken certainly focuses on that mission goal. The subtitle of the book is Standing Strong in Uncertain Times. What's it all about? We all need to stand strong in these times. Well, these times get, you know, I would, the book just keeps getting more and more relevant every day. The, the times are so uncertain, but we need to be able to stand unshaken. Yeah. And so, how do we do that? And so, that's what the whole book and the ministry is really empowering people to be unshaken so that we can release God's purposes in these times and be light. And is that by developing a more personal relationship with the Lord? It's that experiencing intimacy with Him. That's got to be the root to everything we do, or well, else it's, it's performance. It's certainly a relevant book because in these days and times when I watch the evening news on television, by the time it's over with, I have the feeling the whole world is just falling That's apart. That's the way they want you to make, they want to make you feel. Too, <laughs> and, and, you know? and the only way I can cope with it is I, I remember Psalm 2, which says that while all of this is happening, all this rebellion, everybody against God, that God sits in the heavens and laughs, not because He's not concerned, but because He has the wisdom and the power to orchestrate all the evil of man mankind to the triumph of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Amen. it's in His hands and He's Amen. got it under control. And, we, and in Him we can be unshaken no matter right. what. Amen. Now, what is the relationship of all <laughs> that to the fact that I know you primarily as a teacher on things like Jewish feasts, Jewish temples, and the millennial reign of Jesus and Christ? I love What's the relationship to teach on those things, especially the millennial temple. Well, it's all about intimacy with God. And being unshaken. And so, how do you experience intimacy with God? Well, when your heart is aligned with God's heart, when you're passionate about what He's passionate about, you experience intimacy with Him. And so, what is God's passion about? Well, He's passionate about you, first of all, and people, but He's passionate about Israel. He's passionate about the feasts, like Passover, Sukkot, Shavuot. He designed them, right? He's passionate about the millennium to come, and He's passionate about the millennial temple. So, when I align my passions with what He's passionate about, then I experience intimacy with Him. And you think about the future. For example, Jesus Yeshua builds the millennial temple, Ezekiel's temple. And so, the more that I can find out and study about Ezekiel or the millennial temple, 
the more I know about my future with my bridegroom. If I was getting married next week, I'd want to know something about my <laughs> like spouse, right? Wouldn't yeah. I want to know what he, at least what he likes to do? So, am I going to be golfing with him or am I going to be scuba diving with him? Well, we have a bridegroom coming, Jesus, and we don't even know what we're going to be doing with him. So well, the Millennial Temple that's such an important point because I, I often point out that uh, we have a nation full of professing Christians of like 72, 73 percent. But many of them have never really been born again. They're cultural Christians, and right. many of them have no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And on top of that, if I might add to that, I think many times the church in general defines Jesus the way they want to. Yeah. You know, so he can be a personal shopper, he oh. can be a best friend, he can be all these things. But it's like, wait a minute, he's going to, when he comes back, he's going to be Jewish, he's going to set up a temple. Uh, are we going to even recognize him when he comes back? Now, you back? say that Jesus is passionate about Israel. That, that flies in the face of what the majority of Christianity teaches today. Both the Catholic Church and the majority of all Protestant denominations teach that God has washed His hands of the Jewish people, has no purpose left for them because they're Christ killers. Well, you know, I believe that God is in these times saying, wake up. He, I'm, I'm serious. He wants the church. He's, I have a radio program in New York called Wake Up Call. Because I believe that this is the time he's waking up the church to say, and Jesus is coming back soon. Yeshua is coming back. We need to wake up to who he is, who he's going to be, what is going to be happening in Israel, where the temple is going to be, you know, why are there sacrifices? What is this whole Jewish thing? Yeah. Jesus is Jewish what? Because he wants to prepare us. Well, for, first it helps us to grow in intimacy with him, knowing, so it's preparation, it's growing in intimacy. Mm -hmm. But then how can we be lights and release his purposes now if we don't, we have to align with where God's going. He's saying, I believe in these times, wake up no more our own plans, our own good plans, our own, you know, he wants us to go align with where he's going. Well, you know, if you read Romans 9 through 11, you cannot read that without coming away with the conviction that God still loves the Jewish people, God still is pursuing the Jewish people, and God still has a purpose for the Jewish people. He's going to bring a great remnant to salvation. And we need to understand the roots of anti-Semitism oh, yes. through the Absolutely. church, you know, Absolutely. thousands of years. There's a reason why here we are in you know, 2018, 19, 20, all these years, and the church doesn't know Israel. The church thinks that uh, they replaced Israel. Yeah. Well, it's because of anti-Semitism, obviously from the garden, but that's come through from the early church fathers, and we need to wake up to that. Well, I happen to know personally, because I've heard you teach on it, that you have some magnificent teachings about the temples. And uh, there have been two temples in the past. There was Solomon's temple, and then there was the temple that was built by the Jews who returned from Babylonian captivity that uh, later was greatly adorned and expanded yes. uh, by King Herod. Mm -hmm. So there's been two temples. Mm -hmm. But that temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. There hasn't right. been a temple since then. That's right. What about the future? Are there going to be temples in the future? There are. All right, and tell us I about that. I believe there are going to be two more. Okay. And I have names for them, but I, the third temple, I believe, is what I call the Antichrist temple. Yes. yes. And that we, you know, that, that Yeshua told us about in Matthew 24. That's the that temple Daniel that exists during the tribulation. Yes, yes. That the abomination that causes desolation in Daniel yes. 9, 11, 12. Um, so there's that temple, and I believe that that is the temple that right now many in Israel are preparing for. The Temple Institute, the, the Orthodox Jewish community are, um, you know, they're just kind of waiting for the time when they can build it because obviously right now there's a mosque on the Temple Mount. Yes. Um, so I believe, and we can talk about this more, but there's going to be a lot of deception caused by this third temple. Um, but the actual Ezekiel's temple, 
There's so much in God's word in Ezekiel 40 through 48. So I want to wake up the body to read Ezekiel 44 through 48. Well, I want to talk in about detail the millennial about, that, temple. about that millennial yes. temple. But let's go back to the uh, uh, to the third temple, the one okay. that will exist during the tribulation. Okay. You know, one of the things that has really concerned me is that there are Jewish representatives of that temple who come to the United States and speak in American churches all the time and try to raise money for the and American Christians give thank thousands you, thank of you, dollars. Thank you for and bringing me, that up. You know, in God's permissive will, He's going to allow that temple to be built. But that's not His perfect will for the Jewish people. His perfect will is for them to accept Yeshua as their Messiah. And many of those people who are raising that money take some of it and use it to fight Messianic Jews in Israel. So, tell us about this. Thank you. for. Can, can we go around the country and <laughs> preach just on this? Yeah. I know I have a friend because I have felt like I'm the only voice <laughs> in the world, let's be honest. There's so much deception around this temple and many layers. And um, I have a real burden to wake up the Christian church about this because not, I believe obviously we should have God's passion for mm -hmm. Israel. That doesn't mean that everything that Israel does we should support. Yeah. That means having God's heart for the Jewish people, for their salvation, that they would know their Messiah, Yeshua, right. and uh, that we support, obviously, that Israel is not divided and that Jerusalem is not divided. But it doesn't, the fact, okay, so when you get back to the um, temple itself, we've got to understand, first of all, that um, especially in the Orthodox, which is what in Israel, yeah. the, the religious Jews are Orthodox, yes. they believe that let me put it this way. If you just say the word temple mm -hmm. or, or, and replace it with Yeshua, they believe the temple will bring peace. The temple will bring eternal life. Mm -hmm. The temple will bring relationship with God. So, if you understand their theology in a sense, so when you were supporting the temple, it's almost like it's replacing Jesus. That's right. That's and right. so there's that deception. But then there's a the deception about um, which temple this is. And the Temple Institute is, um, you know, building everything for it. Well, it's a remake of Herod's Temple, and it's based on a misinterpretation. You know, they study um, the Rambam and, and um, the Mishnah Torah and so forth, which is just commentaries upon commentaries upon the Mishnah and right. the, the oral uh, traditions. And so, um, he has spoken that um, it is the Messiah who will build the Temple, that when um, that the Messiah will stand on the temple and say, now your salvation mm -hmm. is here. So I believe, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the Jewish uh, population, especially in Israel, will be deceived and believe that the Antichrist is the Messiah. Yeah. Because the anti. when we think about, you know, we used to read Revelation and think, who's going to follow the Antichrist? Well, now it's like, well, whoever could probably bring peace and enable a Jewish temple to be built on the mm -hmm. Temple Mount, maybe alongside the, the mm -hmm. mosque, I don't know. But however he does that, they're going to think he's the Messiah, right? And remember, the Jewish Messiah is, or the Messiah that the Jewish people are waiting for is a man. He's not our, when we think of Messiah, because sometimes you think, oh, well, they just think he hasn't come yet and we think he's coming again. No, their Messiah is a man. He's not divine. Mm -hmm. And so they believe that he's going to build the temple and, um, and he's going to cause peace. And his temple is, that's why they're so, um, you know, excited about the temple because they believe that's going to be right. peace. That will bring relationship with God. That will bring eternal life. There's no need for a savior. There's yeah. no need for the blood that's of Yeshua. Right. That's right. And that's why we need to be careful about what we support because I believe that when we support this third temple, we're supporting the Antichrist temple.
Well, farewell put. I, in this ministry we are strong supporters of the nation of Israel. We right. believe they have a right to that land that God right. gave it to them uh, as an eternal possession. And we certainly are concerned about uh, Jewish souls. We support a lot of Messianic ministries in Israel. But the one thing that American Christians should not be uh, supporting is rebuilding a temple. And they shouldn't be giving their money for the rebuilding of a temple. If they want to give money to help Israel, they should be giving money to the for Jewish the ministries over there that are proclaiming Yeshua as the Messiah of There's Israel. many Messianic ministries there. Yes. And they are under persecution. Oh, absolutely, all and the time. And it's not easy to believe in Yeshua, to be Jewish and believe in Yeshua and be Israeli. And so, they need support. They need prayers. They need. Fire. Well, I I'll tell you what. Let's do. Uh, let's take a brief uh, pause here, and when we come back, I want you to tell us about the Millennial Temple because okay. that's what you love to talk that's about, right. and why it has any relationship to us today. Okay. And it sure does. All, All right, right. Thank you. Did you know that End Time Bible Prophecy focuses on Israel? And thus, if you want to understand what is going on in the world today and what is going to happen in the immediate future, you need to know what the Bible says about the Jewish people and their nation. Dr. Reagan's book, Israel and Bible Prophecy, Past, Present, and Future, presents a sweeping overview of what the Bible says about Israel and the Jewish people in the end times. The book looks first at four end-time prophecies fulfilled before the beginning of the 20th century, specifically the dispersion of the Jewish people worldwide, their persecution wherever they went, their miraculous preservation, and the desolation of their land. Then Dr. Reagan shifts his attention to the seven prophecies that were fulfilled in whole or in part during the 20th century. The regathering of the Jews to their homeland, the reestablishment of the state of Israel, the revival of the Hebrew language, the reclamation of the land of Israel, the resurgence of the Israeli military, the reoccupation of the city of Jerusalem, and the refocusing of world politics on Israel. Finally, Dr. Reagan concludes the book by focusing on the end-time prophecies yet to be fulfilled among the Jewish people. The book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. And as a bonus, we will send you a complimentary copy of one of our most popular video albums titled The End-Time Focus on Israel. Both the book and the video can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. Again, place your order either by calling the number you see on the screen or access our website at lamblion.com. Ask for offer number 820. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and my discussion with Jeannie Nigro about the Jewish temples. Now, Jeannie, I want to shift gears here right. from the third temple to the Millennial Temple, which you do a lot of teaching on. And I tell you, glorious teaching. I've, I've, I've heard it and it's wonderful. And uh, let's just start out with this, this observation. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 40 through 48, a total of nine chapters, mm -hmm. nine chapters are devoted to the Millennial Temple. Right. And that's a lot of chapters. And yet the church takes the position, and when I say the church, I mean the church at large, both mm -hmm. Catholic and Protestant, would take the position that this is referring in allegory and symbolic language to the church and not to a temple. Is it the church or is it a temple? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. It, but it's, uh, let me just say, it's the temple. <laughs> we are missing so much. Uh, when God gives all that detail, I think, you know, it's not because he's bored, right? He's, there's reason for the detail. All right. And Tell us about all this. So why why does God spend so much time talking about the Millennial Temple? 
It's so critical. It's exciting. I mean, think about being unshaken in these uncertain times. We have so much we don't know what's going to happen, right? You get up in the morning, you look at the news, ah, always something. Let's focus on what we do know about okay. the future, not on what we don't know. Well, there's so much detail about the Millennial Temple or Ezekiel's Temple. Let's focus on what we do know. Let's get excited. We have a visual picture. We have something to look forward to. And let's get excited about what it tells us about how God sees us, about what we're going to be doing with Jesus, with Yeshua when he comes back. And, and let's get excited about something you know, going forward. And how does this... Um, and, and also, there's so much that the Millennial Temple tells us about how to live today. And how what's God? How is God calling us to live today? And, and what's He calling us to do? And how do we release His purpose? Well, give us now? some examples of this. So, then. well, for so for example, we learn from Ezekiel 43:48 and from and from the temple many things that the Temple Mount will be the highest mountain on earth. From well, that's from Micah 4 and Isaiah 2. That's right. The Temple Mount will be 36 times larger than it is now. The outer court. The whole will, topography of, yes. of, of Israel is going to be changed. Right, and how, I think it's going to happen through what we learn in Revelation, yeah. through the, um, this, yeah. the, the the judgments and so forth. But so it'll be the highest place on earth. And then we learn from Zechariah that it is Yeshua, it's the branch who builds the temple. Now I don't know if he's going to build it in a day, or you know, I don't know how he's going. But I know that when he returns, he will build this temple. So that's exciting, mm -hmm. and that the th his throne is there forever. So there's just so much excitement about you know Jesus. But then to think about the the millennium, we're going to rule and reign with him, implementing righteousness in all nations. So all the things that we can complain about now, uh, you know, our, our boss or our government or our uh, the GMOs and our food or something, it's all going to be finally righted. Everything will be the way that God, back to the garden in a sense that God designed it to be. But the fact that we're going to be ruling and reigning with Yeshua, with Jesus from this temple, what does that tell you about how he sees you? Yeah. How much worth you have? That what other ruler is, would want to share his authority with 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 you, and yet he values you so much that he you're going to be you're ruling and reigning with him. So what could you do now in your own life to prepare for that? You know, if you if you want to rule and reign over nations with Yeshua, how about ruling and reigning over your own thoughts and emotions? <laughs> you know, but let's start there, right? Amen. And the small things, and then the fact that. Um, I know we can talk about this. This is a whole other show we could do, but on why are there sacrifices in the Millennial Temple? Uh, I believe that um, it has to do a lot with going, you have to go back to Leviticus to understand why there were sacrifices in that temple and understand that temple sacrifices had a completely different purpose than Yeshua's sacrifice. Mm, right. Never were temple sacrifices to have to do with eternal life or to remove sin. They were more about physically going into God's presence the manifest presence of God in the mm -hmm. temple and not burning up. Yeah. And so it's going to be the same thing when there are people in the millennium that are um, having babies that are dying, that are populating throughout the millennium. They will have physical bodies. We will have spiritual bodies, but they'll have physical bodies. Let me just pause there for a moment before you go on. And, yeah. and because I'm sure there's some viewers who, who do not know Bible prophecy very well. Mm. So let me just summarize okay. something right quick. When Jesus Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation, He is going to judge everyone who is left alive at that point. And uh, they will, uh, those who have accepted Him as Messiah, will go into the millennium in the flesh, and those who have not will be consigned to death. 
So there will be a population that will go in the millennium in the flesh. You and I and all believers will be in glorified bodies mm -hmm. and we will be dispersed over the earth to reign over yes. those who are in the flesh. Jesus will reign from Jerusalem as Amen. King of Kings and Lord Amen. and Lord. He'll be Jewish. Yes. Still. And, and I think uh, <laughs> King David in his glorified body is going to be mm -hmm. the King of Israel. That's right. Uh, exactly. So uh, we're going to have the focus on Jerusalem. The blessings of God are going to flow through the Jewish people mm -hmm. to the point that, and I love this, that Zechariah says that in that day and time there'll be so many blessings flowing through the Jewish people that when a Jew walks by, ten Gentiles will grab his robe and say, may we walk with you right. because we know God is with you. Today right. the Jew is despised, today the Jew is persecuted, they're murdered, but in that day and time they're going to be highly exalted. Mm -hmm. Isn't that exciting? It's amazing. And, and with yes. regard to reigning with Jesus, a lot of that's going to depend on how we use our spiritual gifts in this life to advance His kingdom because there's going to be degrees Faithful of reward. He said, I may yeah. put one over one city, one over five, one over ten, but everybody that's reigning in that time is going to be in a glorified body with the mind of Christ. And there's no wonder the earth's going to be flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice. Yeah. And so I think talk. when we fight for righteousness now, yeah. It'll continue on the millennium. You know, right. sometimes we fight for righteousness, we pray for righteousness, and we don't <laughs> see what we want. Well, we'll but we'll see it then. But yet we'll see it then. So what we do now for righteousness is never wasted. Well, it go will ahead. I'm sorry on. to interrupt That's you, okay. but go I'm ahead so and talk about did. the millennial. It'll temple. continue on into the millennium. But you mentioned the um, the feast and mm -hmm. reigning from Jerusalem. That's why when we talk about having God's heart for Jerusalem as passion, look, He's going to be ruling and reigning from there. So that's why we support Israel. And that's why we have a heart for Israel. We think about the future and that he's going to be Jewish. And, there, and the, um, the description in Ezekiel 40 through 48 mentions the new moons, the Shabbats, the you know, Sukkot, Passover. So it indicates we will be celebrating the biblical feast when Jesus comes the back. the Feast of Tabernacles. Yes, and those who don't <laughs> will experience plagues and, and all kinds of we'll things. We'll be expected you know. to send representatives to Jerusalem yes, every year. Yes, and so we'll be worshiping all tribes and tongues you know, together. So that, when I read about that, and I live in Manhattan, and I go on the subway, and every tribe and tongue, I think, this is a picture of the millennium. God's getting me ready for the millennium. I need to have a heart for everyone here. You know, we're going to be worshiping in, uh, at the uh, Millennial Temple. But to, to know that you know, King David will be it's so specific. It's so detailed. And it tells us exactly which feast King David will be um, over, and and he'll be kind of almost like the, um, the 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 king of Israel in the sense of he will be presiding over the feasts and the new moons and the Shabbats. And so we that's another reason why I think it's so critical that we as Christians celebrate the feast now because we're preparing for the future. Well, that is an interesting thing that I I, I would suggest people do if they've never celebrated the feast that they uh, go to a Messianic congregation in their area mm -hmm. and participate, for example, in a Passover exactly. feast because everything in the Passover feast is speaking of the Messiah. And we're going to be doing it in the future. Yeah. So, yeah. We won't, we, when Jesus comes back, we don't want to be standing on the sidelines going, wait, what is He doing? We want to join in with Him, yeah. right? We want to know, uh, we want to, that's how we grow close. We, people want to have closeness with God and they want to have intimacy with Jesus. Well, get to know who He is, not well, how the church is defined. Let me ask you a question maybe. about the Millennial Temple, mm -hmm. and that is the fact that uh, in those uh, chapters, 40 through yes. 48, there's no mention of the Ark of the Covenant. In fact, it's uh, no mention of anything being in the Holy of Holies. In Jeremiah 3, he says that during those days that uh, they will not even talk about the Ark of the Covenant anymore. It won't even be mentioned. Why, why is the Ark missing? Well, uh, that's a good. There's a lot of things we don't know. You know, the, the missing pieces. But I would have to speculate. It has to do, obviously, with Yeshua. 
I think so. And I think he blood, fulfilled the Ark of the Covenant. And his blood. Although the manifest, his presence, he will be there. Um, and I believe he'll still be in the, um, have spiritual bodies and we'll have spiritual bodies and he'll still yeah. be able to, um, the, the nails were in his hands and feet and so forth. But um, again, I think the sacrifice will have a different purpose. I think it's exciting that um, uh, it, the Bible goes into so much detail in Ezekiel about even like the things about um, the sons of Zadok, for example. It tells us exactly what jobs the Levites will have, what jobs the sons of Zadok will have. Well, the sons of Zadok were the only ones who were faithful to David and to Solomon. Yes. And they are rewarded in the millennium because they are the ones who are, um, they live in a certain place. They're assigned specific, they're allowed to go into the inner court. They do the right. actual sin offerings and so forth. Whereas the rest of the Levites are more like, they wash the dishes. <laughs> so, but it's, it tells you like what you do now does make a difference in the future. And look at how God rewarded the sons of Zadok back in David's time are yeah. being rewarded in the millennium. And, and also it tells us um, exactly where the temple will be, where David will live, where um, the uh, sons of Zadok will live, where the Levites will live. There's a walled city. And, and it also tells you the exact dimensions that each tribe will be assigned in That's Ezekiel right. 47 and 48, their specific um, land tract in a sense. And it's all the exact, and gives you the dimensions, the exact. So that tells you that God does love borders. God does um, have a, a plan for Israel and the land is not replaced by some allegory. You know, it, it's very, very specific. Um, his and during that heart, time, Israel will have all the land they've been promised, yes. which will go all the way across to the Euphrates uh, exactly, River. It's going to be a exactly. huge... And it tells you all of that in Ezekiel 40-48. It tells you the pattern that will be in the temple and that there will be... I mean, it goes into so much detail. There won't be curtains, there'll be doors. <laughs> I mean, there's... Uh, I could talk forever on just even the, the details of it, but from an application standpoint, also tells you that the law, I love this, Ezekiel 43, the law of the temple is holiness. And that's something that the church needs to wake up to. We have forgotten that God is holy. Mm -hmm. And we've assigned him into this personal shoppers or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, and so we need to remember the law. So what does that mean in my life today that the law of the temple is holiness? Well, in Ezekiel 44, it talks about that the priests and Levites will teach the people the difference between the holy and the common, the difference between clean and unclean. And that's almost a mirror scripture to Leviticus 10. What does it mean holy versus common? Well, it doesn't mean that it's sinful, something that's common. It just means that it's it's natural. It's not 100% um, lined up with where God's going. Mm -hmm. So he, God's been showing me so much about, this sounds kind of funny, I know, but that my, my apartment, our apartment in Manhattan should be a model of the Millennial Temple. We should be models in the sense that everything should be for service to God. There's no more time these days for our own goals and plans that we yeah. want to buy this and that. It, it's everything in our lives that we own, that we are, that we think needs to be in line with 100% with God's heart, with where He's well, going. Well, certainly what you teach about the Millennial Temple emphasizes the fact that we have a holy God, mm -hmm. a God who is a God of love, grace, and mercy, but also a God of justice and righteousness. Mm -hmm. And uh, He uh, because the average person, I think, thinks of God as a great big cosmic teddy bear who's mm -hmm. soft and warm and furry and winks at sin and says, well, you know, I know you didn't do very well, but I grade on the curve, come on into my kingdom. 
Well, that God doesn't exist. Now, why did Yeshua have to die? Incidentally, to me, one of the most did. exciting things in all of Ezekiel is the very last verse, which says that God is going to change the name of the city from Jerusalem to Yahweh Shema, which means the Lord is there. God is going to be there. I want you to look right Here's into that camera in front of you and tell people how they can get in touch with you and your ministry and the wonderful materials you have. All right. Well, thank you. The best way to get in touch with me, Jeannie Nigro, is through my website, JeannieNigro.com. And that's J-E-A-N-N-E-N-I-G-R-O.com. And there you can find lots of writings on, on the feasts and on Wake Up and, and also a store where you can purchase my book, Unshaken, Standing Strong in Uncertain Times. I also have audio CD set called What's Next? That's all about the Millennium and the Millennial Temple. And you can find out where I'll be teaching and, and everything about the ministry, Jeannie Nigro Ministries, again, is on JeannieNigro.com. Well, Jeannie, thank you so much for being with us today. I praise well, God for your ministry, you for and I pray He'll continue to bless it in the future as He has in the past. Thank you so much. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 